welcome everybody to Kenter at your risk. At, Jesus, then am I fucking this up? Kenter at your own risk. I don't. <laughs> oh, I am botching this already. Today is May 23rd, 2019. This is episode 9 of a podcast named after me, and I can't get the name right. But hey, I'm back with Chris. We're here to talk about Game of Thrones, the series finale, and... I I have to imagine that there's going to be some swear words uh, laid down tonight. Uh, first and foremost, Chris, how are you? Well, first of all, I just like to say that we're going to keep all of this instead of just going back and re-recording 45 seconds worth of audio to fix it. Uh, I'm pretty good. You know, I watched the uh, the finale Monday morning because I was working when it was on. The hardest thing was staying off the internet for that. T- eight to ten hour period to make sure that i didn't have anything spoiled for me and uh i was reasonably uh i don't want to say ecstatic or happy but uh it worked for me like they could have done much much worse and they managed to pull out uh you know not a hail mary but you know maybe just barely inching over the touchdown line after you know fourth and ten in the red zone it was still better than Seinfeld's ending. Still better than Soprano's ending. So, I mean, it's not Breaking Bad great, but it's it's somewhere in, it, like, it's not even average. It's probably a little me- mediocre, but it wasn't horrible either. And we are, as we've discussed, this is also based on what was left to do after episode five. Well, it's like my brother was and I were talking the other night, and he's like, yeah, it was way better than Dexter's ending. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll give you that. But, you know, I was also talking with my stepdad, and he's like, you know, how many shows end without actually getting their ending? So at least we got that. You know, a sense of closure, even if it's not the one that everybody wanted. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, endings are tough to pull off. If you think about most of your favorite shows, not a lot of shows hit the mark on the ending because by then we have it so hyped up in our minds what we want and it's i mean i remember sons of anarchy by that point they had to kill off so many people blah 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 blah. and at the end they did the ending that they did and it's somewhere in the middle it wasn't exactly what i wanted but i don't sit i don't go back and complain and it's not going to cause me to sign some stupid petition, which is one of the funniest things I've seen this past week. Have you read, like, the key points of the petition? No, but I did read an interesting article where people were talking about whether or not HBO shareholders are entitled to do a class action lawsuit against spoiling one of their best IPs. Really? Now that is... That's interesting. interesting. Well, the consensus seemed to be that, you know, every a lot of, almost everybody, almost unanimous, unanimously, people acknowledged that their storytelling seemed rushed in this season. And so now the shareholders are questioning whether or not the show needed to end at eight seasons or whether it could have gone nine or ten smaller seasons or if it was going to end at eight seasons, why they did two truncated short seasons when you had the most popular show in the entire world. You know, and obviously it's making money, so there had to be more money. They were saying, well, we would be willing to fund more for the budget, so why are you saying budgetary issues? So, I don't know. I really don't think it will hold up in court because that starts putting, you know, art versus, and creativity versus 
profitability, but I thought it was an interesting article. Yeah. Uh, you and I both have done stuff, you know, in the art realm, whether it be theater or TV movies or writing, whatever, like for people that haven't done it, they don't get it. But people that have been in some kind of artistic realm, like, no, yeah, the artist gets to choose how they do it unless they're commissioned. And I guess that's kind of part of the question. Like, they were commissioned, but they were commissioned to carry out their viewpoint. So if they're commissioned to carry out the particular viewpoint, I don't, you can dislike what happened, but you can't say that, I don't know, you can't bitch too much i guess is like you you understand what i'm saying I, it's, it's well we can bitch but we can expect to not have people listen to us or take us seriously because of it it's called having an opinion like that's all it is like we live in a world where everybody's like well my opinion matters no your opinion hasn't mattered as long as Don a fucking man, like opinions are simply opinions. They matter to us and only us by and large. And that's fine. Like everybody should have an opinion, but your opinion shouldn't harshly affect somebody that didn't go out to completely like, fuck you over, be a dick to you or whatever. That's my perspective on that. Your opinion on yeah, opinions. Yeah. My, opinion my opinion on, on opinions. Opinion. I'm going to read you this short bullet point list of some of the things that were in the petition just for, uh, just, I guess, for your reaction. I want here, Let's play a game here. I want you to tell me if they're a valid complaint or invalid. Okay. All right. Point one. Not being able to see the Battle of Winterfell clearly because it was so dark. From my standpoint, that's invalid because I didn't have an issue with it. But I would say that if I had spent two to four thousand dollars on a brand new TV, and because of new technology, I was unable to see it, I would be a little pissed off. So, uh, semi-valid, maybe just have HBO remaster it so 4K TVs can pick up on it. I think that's fair. I I, I honestly thought it was one of the fair points uh, to be made. Um, all right, point number two. Arya killing the Night King instead of Jon. That's a creative thing. Fuck it. I mean, I didn't like it, but I'm not the one fucking writing it or creating it, so invalid. Agreed. All right, number three. The Night King's relatively easy death. Again, I'm not the one creating it, but yeah, it was shitty. Invalid. I I actually opted for valid on that because... It was creative, but god damn it. As a fan, it really did let me down, so I was angry. I mean, the only thing I'll say along with that is that, like, for example, we don't even know if there is a Night King in the books. We've only ever seen one White Walker. So, I mean, this could be just, you know, this could be one of the areas where Weiss and Benioff are like, oh, we, yeah, of course there's a big fucking bad guy, you know, an overking. And we don't know how we're going to kill him because George never told us if there actually is one. Good point. All right, number four. Sansa's conversation with the Hound, which attributed her strong character to the rape and torture she endured. Invalid, because people took it out of context. She wasn't saying she was strong because she was raped. She was saying she was strong because she survived being raped. 
I think that's saying that survivors of horrific circumstances can't become strong because they've actually gone through and survived. So, no, I would say that that's doing a disservice to people. They weren't saying that rape makes a person strong. They were saying that surviving a catastrophe makes a person strong. Yeah, uh, fully agree. I was actually angry at that point because I'm like, this. it kind of felt shitty and from my perspective that people said that okay number five i i have a feeling i know where you're going with ragal's easy death i think it was fucking stupid but again invalid like last week we discussed a fucking scenario that doesn't fucking involve magic fucking arrows shooting him down from through a mountain and would actually increase the likelihood of nanny going insane but they didn't do it but it's their choice, so invalid. Okay, uh, I understand. Once again, yeah, it's. I get why fans would be upset. The only thing I would say, and this is coming from somebody that hasn't read the books, if they have already said in if if there's canon to the story that says that dragons can only die via this, which I I don't know the full ramifications of that. I could see where people would have an argument. That's the only thing I'm going to add validity to in that. And that no, they, they they have it, and um, in the books, Euron is kind of built up as somebody who, you know, they 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 foreshadow that he's going to be one of the people to kill one of the dragons or try to kill Danny or you know something like that. So, you know, they had the semi-right person without all the there's a whole bunch of shit with Euron that never happens, you know, in the show that like we fucking just lose out on. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, shit, think about it like this. The night King threw one ice spear strong enough to fucking take out a dragon. And it took what three or four shots from the scorpions to do the same amount of damage. And nobody bitched when the night King did it. So why? Yeah. It's just people. I mean, he's he's strong enough to one shot a dragon, but Arya took him out with like a fucking backstab. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right, number f- six. We are halfway through. Misande dying in chains. Yeah. Uh, fuck it. Invalid. I, I was shocked that this was even a thing, but yeah, I agree. Uh, number seven. John's treatment of ghost. I understand that this is a meme for the internet, but fuck you, internet. Invalid. Alright, I'm saving number eight, because number eight's probably my favorite one. So number nine. Jamie's reversal of his redemption arc and lackluster death by Cersei's side. Yeah, again... Well, I disagree with the execution, I'm not going to say, no, you need to fucking change it, invalid. Okay, number 10. Daenerys's swift pivot to Mad Queen and subsequent burning of King's Landing. This is, that, yeah, that one I had a, a problem with. I mean, again, like I said when we discussed it last week, there's ways they could have written it better. There's ways... Just adding a couple extra 45 minutes an hour, you know, one episode would have flushed it out and made it more realistic and less Disney-ish. But again, they 
I'm not going to tell them how to do their craft. Invalid. Yeah, I mean, aside from the word swift, that's the only thing that I was like, yeah, I kind of agree that they did it too fast, but that now see, that should have been a gripe, though. Like, you guys ha- only did six episodes of stretching this out and telling a fuller story. I could get behind that, but they had six episodes? They did in six episodes. Anyway, so here's number eight, and this is the final one, and you'll, you'll understand why I saved it. <clears throat> and I quote, The basic existence of Euron Greyjoy. Yeah, fuck them on that one. <laughs> that, that one just cracks me up. <laughs> like, I get that, you know, some people didn't like him, but, I mean, I looked at him as, like, a kind of weird-looking version of Jim. So, uh, you know, put, putting his fingers in people's bums and, you know, shooting dragons and, you know, talking shit to the Kingslayer. Yeah, I just... In a, in a series where the writing started going downhill, he was cartoonish enough that I enjoyed him. You know, the guy fucking... Nobody bitched when Tormund was over the top with his fucking comedian comedy. Nobody bitched when Arya was over the top with her exploits. Nobody fucking bitched at a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, they see one guy fucking kind of going moony-eyed and lose their shit. Yeah, people just picking on the poor bad guy. I mean, quite frankly, if there were train tracks, he would have tied a female to the train tracks and twirled his fucking mustache. I mean, that's how cartoony he was. And he was great entertainment. Like, I, I don't know. Have we gotten so weird that we can't just separate, like, all right, we no. get it. He's a he's bad, bad guy, guy, but he's still, still funny. funny. No, if they had said the problem with, you know, Euron's magic fleets being able to teleport up and down the coastline, I'd have been like, yeah, okay, that's that's probably a little more valid than just Euron in general. Or the fact that, like, Daenerys three times forgets that those fleets even exist, so she's just flying around, you know, until her dragon gets shot. You know, I don't know. Or the fact that, like, yeah, uh, no, no. The, these, this petition... I can understand it, and it's it's more a statement than anything, but it's fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I feel it's childish on every level, and yet... I, I think to myself, would this have happened if this show came out in the 80s or 90s? I say no. But the internet has allowed people to have a really whiny voice at times, and this is a perfect... No, I would say not even just the internet, but I mean, think about think about what the internet was like 2000. You know, I mean, it really popped up in the 90s and was really starting to just hit its stride in the early 2000s. You know, Windows, ME, you know, Y2K, all that shit. You know, social media hadn't taken off to the point, so the internet was still a completely different place. You know, it was a place of wonder and discovery. You know, I could go on and find the anarchist cookbook and porn and at the same time, you know, find episodes of Transformers, you know, from 1980s that I never got to fucking see in the original airing, you know just all sorts of shit now it just become a has become a cesspit of you know hatred and anger and anonymity you know you don't have any repercussion for it so you can say whatever you want to say no matter how hurtful or painful it is you know it's just fucking shitty yeah zero accountability and it's Yo, now it's the officially the go-to. How often do you see somebody have something bad happen to them? What's the first thing they do? Post on fucking social media. Like, they don't even, like, deal with it. They just post on social media before they even, like, 
Oh, what do I do now? Well, first I gotta post on Facebook and Twitter and let everybody know what just happened to me. <sighs> With that being said, um, I had fun making fun of the petition. Um, right now, we're going to... Our format's a little different this week in case uh, by now everybody has realized this. Um, there wasn't a ton of scenes. There was a lot of long scenes this week, and we're going to go through... S- um, chunks of them at a time. Uh, we're going to get through this fast, and then we're going to try to answer a few of the questions from the blog, and then we're going to wrap this up because this is, you know, based on th- this being the finale, you know, the format had to be different. So let's include Tyrion seeing the wreckage. That was whatever. We expected that. Next up was Grey Worm wanting to execute the the Lannisters, I believe, the Lannister army, and John doesn't want that, and Grey Worm did it anyway. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, or do you want to just move on? Yeah, Grey Worm's a piece of shit after this episode. Sorry, dude, you fucking lost any kind of empathy you had for fucking having your girlfriend get ganked. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to say, you know, like, this, this goes up for, like, the first third of the whole episode, but they did a really good job with the imagery and the soundtrack and the editing you know i really felt it like a sense of palpable dread you know like who's fucking dying next i've you know the way they made it feel it felt like there was going to be a much higher body count for this episode than what we actually got oh yeah like that i mean above just about anything else like that was the biggest expectation that was completely destroyed was we had one major death in an episode where, you know, people were saying, hey, we could have six, eight, nine, ten big deaths. Like, we don't know. So it was, it was that part was interesting. And, yes, I loved the music. I was really happy that they did good with the music. Um, yeah, Grey Worm, I, as a soldier, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a code of something with soldiers, and Grey Worm was just whatever. Um Next, Tyrion found uh, Jamie and Cersei in the rubble. He had a good cry. At the end of the day, do you feel that Tyrion... Was Tyrion just sad about Jamie? Was he sad about Cersei? Or was he... like, How do you think he felt about Cersei when he found her? Well, alright. Um, you know, he's sad for Jamie because Jamie was the only family member that he had who loved him. I think he's sad for Cersei because, you know, he regrets the fact that they never actually were able to get along. You know, that she just always hated him and fucking blamed him for their mother's death. And now he's the only Lannister left. You know, there's nobody else. He's the only one left in his name. He's an imp. Is he ever likely to get married or have a family out of love? You know, is Casterly Rock even, you know, still there? I mean, at, at this point, he's got to know that Daenerys, you know, uh, is going to be psychic for the rest of the amount of time that she's on there, and so she's going to know that he let her brother, his brother, go. So uh, I'm imagining that he's thinking that you know, my whole family is going to be dead, you know, with me in a matter of hours or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I found more sadness. I found more sadness for Tyrion, deal in relation to Cersei because. It was this whole like missed opportunity to actually be brother and sister. It was a missed opportunity that Cersei was so hell bent on this, and you know, obviously her unborn baby didn't. You know, she didn't have the baby. It. I don't know. Like it, it hit me in a weird way that I wasn't expecting. Uh, to be perfectly honest. 
it was really well done though really well yeah peter dinklage can definitely sell the tears absolutely all right so we're gonna sum up the next three things with this huge scene danny has has her proclamation Tyrion shows up throws down his uh hand pin and then uh <laughs> john and Arya had a quick quick conversation i just figured let's lump all these together um i don't know who stole the show here was it was it Tyrion or was it danny um all right so yeah first of all i like the fucking teleporting that we have going on in this episode teleporting Teleporting has been a a, a standby in this series since season seven a minimum so like i like how john and uh and um davos leave gray worm like we got to go talk to the queen about this and then they get to the queen and gray worm's already with her (laughs) like okay so he not only did he fucking murk all of the prisoners of war and execute them but then he ran faster than john kid to get to the red keep to the ruins of the red keep to talk to dan aries i think that one of the coolest visual scenes we get in the entire series was when john was walking up to the uh, steps and he sees Danny after she's landed on Drogon at the top, and she comes out, and Drogon's wings fucking flare up behind her like they're hers before, you know, Drogon comes into flame or frame. That was a pretty fucking awesome scene right there. Um, yeah, she had her fucking Hitler moment. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're going to make her the Mad Queen, let her own it, and she owned it, and I really, I, I liked it, and I, you know, I, I still wasn't sure. I didn't think Tyrion was going to do it. I didn't think he was going to just... I, If you've asked me, do you think Tyrion's going to throw his pin down? I, I don't think I would have said yes. I, I I still expected him to be fearful, but, you know, I guess it was enough of a wake-up moment for him. And uh, I thought both did a hell of a job. And, and John, like you said, the visuals, I'm not even a fan of dragons, by and large. But I loved what they've done with Drogon. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, Tyrion probably wasn't afraid of dying because he saw how many Dothraki and uh, Unsullied got resurrected after the Battle of Winterfell. And so he's like, you know, if they die, you know, if I die, I'll fucking get resurrected again, just like the 3,000 fucking dudes who showed up after they got killed, you know, did. So, And they're not even zombies. So, Yeah, they're, they're just... Uh... Wow, everything I can think of is horrible for me to say, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, I right. do think they did a really good job, too, with Amelia Clark, uh, with her makeup and just her expression, selling like how manic and zealous, uh, zealous, zealous, thank you, zealous she was in this episode. Yeah, she she did really, really good. Uh, just this. This was the best acting I've seen from her since possibly season one. I, I thought she was a really good actress early on, and it's not that she became a bad actress, but there were so many times where she didn't have anything to sink her teeth into, and this was something she could really sink her teeth into, and she did a really good job. Yeah, I think she did a really good job. I think uh, Kit Harrington did a really good job in this episode, and same thing with um, uh, Peter Dinklage. Uh, although I have things to say about that too as well later on, but yeah, all of the scenes were good. You know, I thought the one with John and Arya was touching, especially coming off of the fucking crazy Hitler eyes that we got right before it. 
Yeah, the timing and placement of that was really uh, interesting. Um, so the next scene we had was something very familiar to fans of season four. Tyrion imprisoned, looking like shit, and getting a visitor whose name began with a J, except it wasn't Jamie, it was John. And I loved this whole conversation. Like, I don't care if you rip on this episode, people, but this conversation I thought was really well done. So, I don't know. Did, I don't know. This may have even been, like, possibly, like, my second second or third favorite episode, or scene from this episode. I think this might have been my favorite scene from the entire show. There you go. Like, it was that good. Like, it was... It really just good. sums up, at this point, who John, who Tyrion are, and this was a way for them to explain, since I guess a lot of people didn't pick up on the uh, the subtleties of where Danny was coming from, how Danny got to the point that she's at. Yeah. I mean, the scene was so good that Tyrion convinced John to to kill his aunt lover queen. I think those are all appropriate words. So, it, it was really good. Uh, yeah, loved it. Um next up we had, you know, we had probably one of the heaviest this whole episode was filled with heavy scenes. This one was heavy. John, first of all, John goes, I believe John goes past Drogon and we see like Drogon buried under snow and that, I love that part. And then John kills Danny. Drogon gets super fly pissed, melts the fucking throne. Drogon flies off with Danny. And all of this took about 15 to 20 minutes. What were your thoughts? All right. There was, I was like, Oh fuck. What the fuck is going to happen here? You know, like, you could tell when he said, you know, he's he's almost crying, you know, asking, you know, how do we determine who's good? You know, what's good? You know, what if other people, you know, think what's good for them isn't what you think? And she's like, they don't get to choose. I was like, okay, somebody's fucking... That, that was the moment, right? Like, yeah, that was the moment. That's the moment. And I almost, for a second, thought when he went in to kiss, kiss and he's like, You're all, you'll always be my queen, he goes to kiss her. And then you hear the... the dagger sound i was like oh shit did Arya just fucking well first of all i'm like oh shit is john fucking pulling like a fucking vader and going to the dark side you know just fucking putting his dick first i was and then uh when you hear the dagger i was like oh shit did Arya just fucking kill john and danny and then when it pulls back and you realize that he kills her i was like okay yeah that works and they fucking sold it because you know like a lot of really good tv you didn't know which way they were going to go until they got there then. I'm glad that you mentioned the whole Arya thing because as I watched, I was like, did John die and Arya take his face? Like, I And I was like, how the hell did that happen? But simultaneously, that was the first thought that came into my mind. And I asked that to people. Nobody else has agreed with me. Like Nobody else thought about that. I was like, okay, I guess I'm weird. So I'm glad that you at least said the same thing. And then my, my next thing was when Drogon showed up afterwards, I'm like, all right, John's fucking dead. <laughs> like, there's no way he's making it out of that one. I guess Sansa's going to be queen after all. And then, they're like, you know, I was like, oh, well, maybe if Drogon breathes fire at him, maybe he, since he's a Targaryen, he'll be immune to fire. But I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure even Targaryens aren't immune to teeth. But then when Drogon melted the throne, I'm like, see, if you guys had just listened to the dragon just a week ago, everybody would still be happy. He would have shown everybody that, hey, the throne's not the be all end all. 
the wisest dragon in the room right there, man. He, like, <laughs> isn't that the moral of the story, that the dragon was smarter than all the people fighting over the throne? Like, that's kind of funny to me. So, I have a question for you, Kent. Sure. So, Drogon flies off with Danny's body, and it looks like it's almost in the middle of a snowstorm, right? Melts yeah. the throne, flies off with her. John's the only one who fucking knows what's going on, right? So... When the Unsullied run in and they're like, "Where's Khaleesi?" And John's like, "Why? Why wasn't John like? Oh, uh, she got on Drogon's back and rode off. Said, hey, 'Hey, I'm going back to Marine. See you later.'" What did he say? Like, uh, I, uh, I had to kill her. I had to stab her. Place me in cuffs. The honorable idiot. The the truest son of Ned Stark, right there, because under no circumstances would any other character in that show, aside from possibly Brienne, and I don't even think she's that dumb, would have been like, well, I know you guys are going to imprison me, so, um, yeah, I just killed the queen. Sorry. No. <laughs> I'd have been like, hey, it was Tyrion. <laughs> like, yeah, like, blame it. <laughs> blame it on anybody else. Be like, yeah, um... You know, that guy, he's like, I don't know, between 5'10 and 6'2. He came in and he killed her, and I tried to stop him, and then Drogon fucking ate him, and Drogon flew off with Danny. So, sorry. Like, anything. Yeah, the, the assassin's body is buried under the molten metal from the Iron Throne. Right, like, there was so many possible things, and he was just... I, I, uh. I, I, I'm just grateful they didn't show him admitting it because I think that would have been one of the most cringeworthy things in this episode. Oh, uh, the queen! The queen is dead. Long live, long live, Pod. Well, I mean, I can get behind that. But yeah, yeah, no, John, Bean, John. Um, fuck it. I mean, I know we could talk about it later, but while we're just on the topic, um. In regards to Drogon just flying off with Danny, is is there anything like in the books indicating like there's like some I don't know, I don't want to say sacred ground, but I can't think of anything else like where dragons might go like is there anything like that for, for dragons and or Targaryens where like, uh, the only thing I could think of would be Dragonstone. Like the the place where they all came from, old Valyria sank beneath the sea, so you know, Dragonstone was, I guess, where the dragons lived, you know, when they weren't penned up in the uh, the pen that they showed in Season 7, or the pit, or whatever the hell it was called. Okay. Well, that answers my question. So, going from one huge scene to ragged-ass Tyrion being brought by fucking pissy Grey Worm to go in front of this huge council that consisted of... Basically, everybody else that's alive that's, like, a, a big player at this point, uh, including a bitchy Yara and Sam trying to give us democracy, some water bottles. Uh, God damn it, there was a lot of stuff going on here, and Tyrion probably made perhaps his most, uh, his biggest speech of the series? I, I don't know. I think so. Uh, it was this good. is where the episode falls apart for me. I think this is the fucking stupidest... 20 minutes of the entire show that I fucking watched. Well, explain why it's so stupid because entertain us. All right. So, okay. If Grey Worm 
controls the army, that controls the entire capital, which, you know, basically nobody else can fuck with, why is he fucking asking permission of any of these fucking nobles to do anything? If oh, Tyrion, you mean the army of, like, 17 guys? I, I have yeah, no the, idea. It was, it was 17 guys two episodes ago, but this episode and last episode, it's, like, 17,000 now. You know, all the Dothraki got rest. They thought it was a... That her army got nerfed to bad, so they had to get buffed up in this patch. Um, also, if Tyrion is being brought here to to be put on trial to see what's going on, why does every single person there listen to every single fucking thing he says? Like it's the fucking smartest shit ever. That was the best part of it. Is that he's the guy that should have had the least amount of say because he's the fucking prisoner. Yet he's the one that captivates the audience. And that, so not only not only that, but Danny has just basically spent the last two episodes saying every piece of advice you've given me is fucking stupid. And he's like, I know, I know, I don't know why I haven't been thinking this. And then he just makes fucking more stupid ad- advice. I'm just like wanted to fucking faceplant. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I understand where they were going from, but every single decision that got made was a fucking stupid decision, in my opinion. I like I looked and there were better alternatives all around. You know, a hundred percent all around. Yeah, you know, I, I see a lot of people being like, "Oh, Bran will be a great king. Bran will be the worst fucking possible king that you could pick for the Seven Kingdoms that needs to be rebuilt after fucking multiple years of crisis." He Bran would be a great king after the rebuilding's done and you just want somebody to fucking be a placeholder until the next fucking dude comes along. But come on, how great of a nickname is Bran the Broken? That inspires power and fear. Oh yes, because stories are what fucking make us good leaders. Uh no, no they're not. Leadership is what makes a person a good leader. You know, empathy is what makes a person a good leader. Uh, knowledge and experience are what makes a person a good leader and Bran has none of those four fucking things. No, I take that back. Bran has knowledge. But if you go by what they say in the books, Bran can't fucking do any of his three-eyed raven shit down south because all the weirwood trees are cut down and none of them exist anymore. So he can't go into ravens. He can't, you know, see that shit. Um, if we go by what's not in the books and people think he can see the future, then I would say Bland, Bran is just as equal to blame as Danny and Cersei and everybody for the loss of life that gets fucking accrued. You know, how hard would it be to say, hey, don't fly over the ocean. Fly over the land as you go to King's Landing and you won't lose your dragon in Missandei and go batshit crazy and burn a million people to death. And my brother won't have to murder you. Is there some sacred oath as Three-Eyed Raven that you're not allowed to alter the the future? No. Uh, that's the only logical thing I, I can possibly offer because, yeah, like the whole time you're screaming like, all right, Bran knows what's going to happen. Like, he knows that this shit's going to go wrong with the Battle of Winterfell. Like, he knows that she's going to snap. And yet he doesn't say anything to the point where I'm like, there has to be something about being the three-eyed raven that you're just not allowed to talk about. It's like fucking Fight Club all over again. I really think he can't see the future because I would have to believe that because if he could see the future and he knows that he's going to be king, he basically fucking manipulated events to put him on the throne, which makes him a piece of shit. And again, why would you want a piece of shit to be your king when you just got done with a piece of shit king and then a piece of shit queen? 
smartest guy in the room. That's why you got got him in. Um, yeah, there, you had and to take. You know, then he he mentions later on in the episode to get ahead of us. Oh, I've been following Drogon. Maybe I'll see if I can get him to come back. Well, if you could fucking work into him now, why didn't you fucking work into him and get him to stop fucking burning people to death? You know, I don't know. Right, right. Three it, weeks it's, ago. it's like, all right, we're going to say that this was a possibility, but the other wasn't a possibility, or he was too selfish. Like, it creates this nonstop cycle of fuckery that they couldn't quite explain, and this is the problem with time travel and warging. Like... And not even necessarily time traveling, but being able to see the future. Like, this is all a fucking problem. Um, All right. And to to continue on, if I may. Go on. All right. So, if we're going to make, say, Bran can be made king, you know, uh, because we're going to invalidate Jon Stark or Jon Snow or Jon Aegon Targaryen because, you know, he killed Daenerys. Uh, that would mean that Bran has now become the eldest Stark heir, correct? Yes. In which case, when Sansa says she's going to go fucking secede to the north, he's like, no, you're not. I'm the fucking king in the north. I have the fucking say. You're just going to fucking do what I fucking tell you to. Right. Otherwise, Sansa had no, no leg to stand on. Otherwise, you're rebelling. Because... Yeah. I know they wanted to make it all fucking happy and make it like, oh, yeah, the North is free. But at the same time, if she fucking did that, don't tell me that every fucking other leader of one of those fucking kingdoms was going to be like, hey, if the North's free, I'm fucking free. Peace out. See you, bitches. It, it was the most entitled part of the whole episode was her just be like, no, I'm not. North's not even going to bow down to my brother. Fuck that. Oh, like, we can't make Brand King. He can't even have kids. We won't have a hereditary monarchy anymore. Now we will elect our monarch, but only from the peers in the realm. I wanted to be like, okay, British Empire. So here's a question for you. Why wasn't John the king? Like, I get that he was a prisoner, but in the past, if the king dies, whoever kills him, like... There's been exceptions. I mean, that's how Robert got the fucking throne, so why wasn't it treated that well, John... Well, Robert didn't... I mean, Robert got elected again the same way over... Kind of the same way. Uh, because Tywin was really pushing to become king back then after the initial rebellion. I mean, Jamie was the one who actually killed Ares. So, you know, if it was just whoever killed the king became king, Jamie would have been the king. But uh, when they met, the whole, whole reason... Um, Robert became king was because Ned threw, you know, the whole North's support to Robert, and Robert had a, Robert's aunt was a Targaryen as well, so he was able to claim some kinship to the family that just got deposed. Oh. knowledge is power. Either way, this whole thing was a giant fuck you. Um, one of my th- my thoughts was was Yara being a bitch or was she the most rational person in, in the council? Oh, dude, she's being a complete and fucking total bitch. What did Yara do when she got fucking freed by her brother? She fucking ran away and hid. Didn't participate. Didn't assist in anything. Oh, we're gonna go to the Iron Islands. So if you lose the battle for the North, you'll have somewhere to flee to. Well, hey, guess what? They won the battle for the North. How come your uncle's fucking army was able to take out their entire fleet and fucking kill a dragon? Maybe because you weren't fucking pulling your weight. 
big, big, big bitch. Yeah. I, so I, so I at that mad. point, you know, I loved Arya's fucking response. You know, if you say one more bad thing about my brother, I'm going to fucking slit your throat. I was like, yeah, go girl. I would have paid HBO $10 just to watch Arya slit Yara's throat. I would have been fine with that, in all honesty. And, I mean, it wasn't a bad scene. I get where they were coming from. I like the fact that, like, at this point, because of all the people who have died, Brienne is the head of her family. Sam is the head of his family. Uh, I just think, you know, like... Dorn again, was represented, man. Dorn was represented. I didn't realize who Robin was, you know, when I was watching the show. I was like, holy shit, he fucking grew up. Guess you... <laughs> Guess you get bigger when you when you're not fucking sucking on your mom's boob anymore. <laughs> Who was the dude? Like, that wasn't Edmure, was it? Yeah, that was Edmure. Yeah, and um, <sighs> fucking, I thought Edmure uh, died for some reason. The, no, we never saw him again after Jamie was like, "If you don't surrender the castle, I will fucking kill everybody in here, so I can go back to banging my sister in King's Landing." How the um, fuck is that guy still alive? Like, yeah. seriously? I, I thought that was a funny part of that scene, but again, that was almost played too much for laughs. No, if I would have been a writer or Sansa, I would have been like, listen, I have more experience than my brother does. My brother doesn't want to be king. My brother is going to need, you know, fucking ramps installed everywhere. So that's not going to work. Make me queen. If you want to make further better alliance of the houses i'll take gendry as my prince consort you know and then you know you've got the north is still within the kingdom we're not fucking making shit shittier right after civil war for fucking years and years and years and uh we're gonna have you know that many more people to tax and uh support each other and be supportive but no they fucking just said, hey, we're going to make stupid decisions all around. We're going to let the North secede with no problem because that's not going to set a future precedent down the road. And I just, I get like they were trying to evoke the Council of Elrond, but it felt more like the Council of fucking, I don't know, Nimrod. It, it was, and all this happened because they were quote unquote afraid to go to war with these 17 soldiers remaining at King's Landing then. Oh, I mean, you know, the guys who were going to fucking go take off before Jon Snow even left to go to his punishment. Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring that up, but fuck it. Let's bring that up right now. Like, they just bailed, and so Jon could have just been like, hey, listen, I'm a fucking Targaryen. I'm, I'm fucking ace number one Duke of fucking New York here. Like, it, it what been were like they going to come back? I'm the fucking Pope now, you know. Yeah, like, what the fuck was Grey Worm going to do? Lead some naval assault? No. So, like, I I don't know why it... Fuck it, we'll get to that later. I, I really want to talk about John accepting his fate, but I have that much later in this... Well, not much later. We only have a few more things. Let's go on to... Now Tyrion is visiting John. Their roles are reversed, and... It's, I don't know if it was in the previous scene or this scene where it's revealed that John now must rule the Night's Watch... Uh, this is basically what we were just talking about. Like yeah, John accepting this whole fate. A, and it, what the fuck are they still keeping a Night's Watch for? They're to protect against the White not, Walkers? The White Walkers are dead, so they're not protecting against them. Politically, they're now allies with the Wildlings. They're not protecting against them. You know, enough people died in the North that even if the Wildlings wanted to settle in the North and not go back north of the Wall, there would be fucking space aplenty. You know, there's zero point so, for the Night's Watch other than, like, a safe haven for criminals. 
That that's what yeah. I got out of it. Yeah, that or maybe I mean the the one thing I could say would be like way stations. You know, hey, we'll keep the wall open just that way. You know, if it get winter, get it bad. You know, wildlings can come down and have a place to fucking survive, so they don't automatically turn into ice pops up in the frozen fucking north. The other thing I was thinking, and obviously they didn't go into this, but like Brand could probably be like. Hey John, can you send me a group of like twenty guys to help reconstruct parts of King's Landing, for instance? You, like, if you're going to make have these criminals as part of the Night's Watch, you know, maybe use them as like you know prison labor type thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty far fucking journey, though. I mean, barring Gendry's running legs, because obviously he can't row for shit. Um, you know, you're supposed to take like months to cross that amount of distance from King's Landing to the Wall. Yeah. Uh, it- the whole, f- I just don't understand how. All right, does it drive you a little fucking nuts that John just so easily accepted this? Well, I mean, at the same time, what else is Westeros Jesus gonna do after he's been sacrificed for the third time? Like I, you know, it's not even that. Like I know a lot of people want John to be the ruler and it's whatever like i i it's i'm just surprised that he so easily accepted the fact like hey john you know you're just gonna run the night's watch don't fuck any bitches don't knock them up like he he should be like yeah i just led you guys to how much fucking freedom and you're now now the provision the provision that's gonna be held on by people that are thousands of miles away and will never speak my name again and I, I'm just not supposed to, you know, have sex. Like, yeah. you know, Tyrion, when they were getting ready to kill you, I went and killed my girlfriend slash aunt slash queen, so you would stay alive. So glad that you're fucking sending me to exile thousands of miles away and telling me I can't have sex. It's so fucking fair of you. Yeah, and at no point does somebody. Just going to Tyrion for a second. It's like. Everybody's cool with having this dude who has been the hand twice to rulers that have been slain, and he's people have openly said, and he's openly said that he makes bad decisions. Like, I don't know. Doesn't it seem like after two, like you don't get a third chance to be the hand? All right, let me put it like this: one of the guys uh, I work with is a lieutenant now. He's been captain three times. He's not getting to be captain the fourth time. You know, basically, the Hand is the second most influential person in the kingdom, and they just keep giving it to Tyrion, who keeps fucking up all over the place. You know, what makes it them think that third time is going to be the fucking charm? I don't know. Maybe they're maybe fucking Bran can see the future, and he's like, now that I'm king, I can go fuck all the bitches I want from my wheelchair, and Tyrion can fucking, I don't know, suck a ball. It just, a lot of this storytelling within, like, I want to say this 30 to 35 minute sex segment of the fucking uh uh episode just fucking made no sense to me like I, I like this was for me this was like a really shitty fucking oreo cookie like i loved the fucking beginning i loved the end but the middle was like somebody smeared shit on the fucking oreo instead of the cream filling that's that's a hell of an analogy right there um moving on John says goodbye to his siblings. Uh, like, him and Bran had, like, <laughs> no connection whatsoever. <clears throat> Sansa wasn't 
much better. Like the only connection I really felt with John was John and Arya. Uh, like, I don't know. They made a big deal of it, but really, I, th- I don't know. Aside from Arya, I don't know. Did he have that much of a connection with Bran and Sansa? Do you think? I mean, they were siblings, but you know, when when John was young, and all of them were young, John and Rob were close because they were the same age, you know, and they were boys, so they got to do all the same shit. John and Arya were close because they both looked different than the rest of them. You know, all the rest of them looked like a mix of Ned and and Kate. You know, John and Arla, Arya looked like Lyanna. Um, uh, yeah, so, no, I mean, Bran was never as close. They were close, like, but, like, I mean, if you remember the first scene where you see all the kids, John's the one who's telling Bran to make sure that he watches so father won't be disappointed when he executes the guy to look away but at the same time bran is so just fucking out there now that you know what's it going to be and sansa you know for as as close as they got you know after she showed up at the the wall when he was still alive you know they were still the the two who were arguing over whether or not danny was right or wrong she got proved proved right but i mean he's got to feel like at this point my old my family, instead of fucking fighting for me, is just fucking selling me to the wall so two of them can be fucking rulers. You know, after I just sacrificed what my life, my body, my my love, you know, in order to keep everybody safe and you know do the best I could for the fucking kingdom. I yeah, John got the. No, a lot of people died throughout the series, and yeah, I sit here and I go, I feel worse for John. I think that just about anybody else, I, like, all right, maybe I feel worse for Shireen, but I didn't get to know her all that well. Like, when all is said and done, John did so much good things, by and large, and at the end of the day, like, everybody just kind of abandoned him because they were afraid of this quote-unquote power across the fucking sea that's never going to come back to, you know, your side of the world, basically. Like... Fucking everybody was cowards, and as you said, the family kind of sold them out, except for Arya, obviously, and yeah, fucking frustrates the shit out of me. Um, with that being said, we'll move on. Um, Brienne, I'm, I'm just going to include these next two things together. Brienne wrote in the book about Jamie, and then we had the small council meeting with Tyrion, Sam, Davos, Brienne, and Bronn, and then Pod, Podrick was wheeling Bran and and I guess my first question, the most obvious thing that I'm going to ask, what do you think uh, title Bron- uh, Pod- Podrick has now? Podrick's one of the Kingsguard. He's wearing the gold armor. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if that's so, exactly I mean, what that looks, meant. It looks like Brienne is the head of the Kingsguard, and he's one of her one of the knights. So I thought that was cool. You know, I was glad to see that, you know, A, he lived, and he got rewarded for it. I really like the scene with Brienne because it goes back to this first scene where Jamie was touching the book and he's like, the only thing that's written here is killed the Mad King by stabbing him in the back. You know, so even though everything wasn't great, she was able to put his history in and that's where Jamie's redemption was. Not in leaving her or leaving Cersei to go to her, but in the fact that he was able to, you know, do more and be more than just the Kingslayer. History will remember him differently now. Yeah, instead of just the dude with a golden hand. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 I really li- like. You know, I'm not a big Brand fan, but I definitely liked. 
I like that touch. Of, she was the obvious choice to do it. Every, everything about that scene was really... I think this is actually right when the show started going positive for me again. And as much as I like that small council scene, though, I got to be like, this is another example of Tyrion fucking making stupid decisions. Like, look at what? Three or four seasons ago, Tyrion had to explain to Bronn how a fucking loan works. And that's the dude you're fucking putting in charge of money for the entire realm. Why wasn't Gendry on the small council? I, th- I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, that's a good question. Good question. Why is Sam the Archmaester when he has no links in his chain? And where the fuck was Mira Reed? She's fucking pissed somewhere. <laughs> you know what? She's like, I, she, I helped the fucking king get to this point, and like, she's never going to get recognized. You, you know what I see happening now? For all those fucking fan theorists out there, she fucking went north of the wall. She's going to run into the wildlings. She's going to run into John. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, you're pretty hot. Yeah, so are you. And you don't have red hair, so you don't remind me of your grit. And they're going to start banging, and he's going to get her pregnant, and then he's going to find out that they're brother and sister, and she's a Targaryen, too. And bam, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, king's in the north. Where's the dragon? Come on, Drogon. I've long been hoping for Mira to have her fucking moment, and she never got her moment this season. And that is one of the few things that will eat, eat at me throughout the rest of my life. If I go back to the show, Mira Reed never got what she deserved and now that we know that Bran's the fucking king, it makes it that much worse in my mind. Just so frustrating. But she's gonna, I will say She's going to send him a picture of John having sex with her and be like, fuck you, Bran. <laughs> <laughs> Look what John got. You can't have. <laughs> like, God damn it, man. Um, Bran and Davos clearly stole, stole the scene for me. Um, I, you know, it's funny, like five minutes prior to this scene, I, I wrote, I don't even remember who I wrote. I wrote to somebody, and I was like, where the fuck is Braun? I'm getting pissed off here. <laughs> and then he showed up, so I was happy about that. Andy got Highgarden. They fucking kept their promise. A Lannister always pays their debts. So, there we go. Um, I don't know. I mean, aside from comedy's sake, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, now we kind of wrap things up. Let's let's start from the least interesting. I mean, obviously we just kind of wrapped up Bran. Let's go to Sansa, who now is the ruler. No guy in mind. She's just going to rule the North. And in theory, you would think that she's going to have to get a man and get pregnant. to, Or else what? Like, they need to have a Stark, right? Yeah, I mean, if she wants to be queen, you typically need to have a child to carry on your lineage. So, yeah, she's going to have to find a dude. Good luck with that shit. I think most dudes would be terrified to be with her at this point. Wouldn't you? I mean, I don't know. If I'm coming from, like, a fucking small house and I'm like, yeah, I get to. Yeah, she's okay looking. Yeah, she's the queen. That's pretty hot. I guess at I least mean, you know, and he's at least a plus two. Yeah, yeah, she she is. You know, I I do find her attractive. Uh, God, I just couldn't imagine living with her character. She just seems. Oh, I I just feel she'd be such a bore, and like you'd make like one little joke, 
that wasn't completely 100% PC and like she'd rip your fucking throat out. She, or she would give you that look. You know, the one from her side of her face and you'd be like, oh, fuck, I got the look. You mean the season eight look? Exactly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she, she would look at you like Daenerys and your brother would kill you like three episodes later. <sighs> All right, moving on. Uh, God, both of these are so interesting for very different reasons, but fuck it, let's have some laughs here. Arya became Russell Crowe and riding around the fucking world, and she's going to explore stuff that's not on the map, and she's on a boat, and for fuck's sake, like, at any point in this series, have they indicated that she just wanted to be an explorer? I think, you know, there was that one line in, like, season four where she asked what was west of Westeros. That's it. One line. And that's what fucking she gets. Yeah, I like I was like A this is out of left field and I was B, you know, she might as well have done nothing after she killed the Night King for what she contributed to this fucking se- season afterwards. I mean, she had the one nice you know, uh conversation with the Hound, but at the same time she just gave up all of her fucking motivation to fucking <laughs> run away and have buildings fall on her. And uh I really feel like they under they overutilized her at the beginning of the season. They underutilized her at the second half of the season. Yeah, she had that big uh, since the Night King and technically that nice moment with Sandor. Fuck, man! Like she, they. Uh, I mean, I'm not upset because she did get that huge moment. Nobody else killed the Night King. She killed the Night King. But what a fucking letdown in storytelling, like. That's what she's going to do? Like, I I don't know. I, I Part of me was like, well, maybe she'll be, you know, the, the first female Kingsguard or something. I could have seen a, an argument for that. I could have seen any number of things. Master Whispers? Yeah, yeah. Like, let her be the new fucking Varys. That'd been cool as shit. But just getting on a boat and fucking Og in here is fucking sticks come sail away. Like, that's all I could hear when I'm watching this and I'm like, should I be laughing, crying? Like, I'm sad, but I know this is so ridiculous. God damn it. That, out of any one thing that I have to complain about, aside from the illogical big meeting, this would be it. Like, I, I just, this was so unsatisfying to me. So at least you heard sticks. All I heard was Michael Bolton sing Jack Sparrow. You know. Oh wow! I did have a better. I had a better way at least, so I, I feel better about that. Um, and finally, and this is something that maybe you can explain, or maybe you don't have an answer for. But obviously, John went back to the wall. There was Tormund and Ghost. Which, by the way, I remember a few blogs ago. I was like. Hey, was this goodbye for Tormund, Ghost, and Sam? And everybody was like, yeah. And I was like, no. And I feel good. I feel vindicated because it was a resounding no. But simultaneously, like, they just kind of ride off with the wildlings at the end. Like, what was that? Was that. What, did, what did you make of it? I make of it that John is like, fuck it. You know, I've already sacrificed enough. You guys fucked me over. There's no way I'm staying at the wall being part of the fucking Night's Watch that has no purpose in existing anymore, not banging who I want to bang just to make you fucking feel good about yourselves while you sit in King's Landing. I'm going to go with my real friends, the ones who didn't fucking abandon me, into the north of the wall. Since 
I have, you know, as they said, the real north within me as it is. And I'm going to make a life for myself out there instead of living in exile that you guys fucking put me through after everything I sacrificed to get you guys safe and alive through these crises. This was basically the final way to say that John got his punishment, but now he's choosing to live as a free folk or among the free folk. Exactly. You, want to say. you know, I would, I would imagine that, especially considering that like torments, not only the leader of the free folk. And he said, that's a man who I would follow. That's a man who should be King that he'll probably end up being the King beyond the wall, the new man's Raider. And yep. if I could take solace from any ending, it would be in hopes that that's how that plays out. Like John just says, fuck it. And just does his own thing and lives happy and gets lots of wildling strange. I mean, that, I didn't even really think about it until I had this conversation. But yeah, now he's going to meet up with Mira Reed, who's his sister, and they're going to have sex because he's already banged his aunt. And they're just going to have lots of Targaryen, Stark, Reed, inbred children that'll probably, I don't know, maybe they're like ice dragon eggs up there somewhere. And, you know, someday down the road, you're going to have like fucking fur-clad flying barbarians flying down into the Seven Kingdoms being like, ha, oh, Sansa, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> so can we already get the meme ready where Jon is holding Mira in his arms just like he held Egret and <laughs> Danny? Like, we may as well just make that already. Cause All right, All right. Mike, here's a question for you. How come Jon is the only person in the show who has like long hair, but he's got a man bun at the same time. Like what the fuck is up with that shit? That did it. Didn't Ned have something like that at one point or am I not thinking correctly? Um, maybe I, I feel like yeah. one episode Ned wore his hair kind of weird and it, it may not have been a man bun, but it was like pulled back at a weird place. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm like, is he Eastern, Western? What the fuck are they trying to go with here? He, he's just a man uh, of everywhere, I, I, I guess. And yeah, I mean, come on. It was a story of, what was that? Fi- ice and fire, whatever. <laughs> that cracks me up. Um, You mentioned dragon eggs. Now, do we know if, like... Can all dragons lay eggs? Is there a male female thing going on? I have. Do we I know have, what Drogon was? I have no clue. I think they. I think there is a male female thing going on. So I mean, yeah, Dro- I'm pretty sure all three of hers are males, if I remember correctly. So Give basically, me. there should be no more dragons. In yes, theory. other than Drogon, you know, right. unless again, like somewhere like there was in wherever the fuck there were that the. Illyrio found them in Pentos. You know, there are some dragon eggs hiding out somewhere that nobody found before. Or, that seems like or found and sacrificed a human being in a fire with to you know make him hatch. Ah, <sighs> one can wonder, but we're never really. I mean, I don't know. It sounds to me like we're never going to get anything beyond this until the story, the books come out, and even then the. St- books may never go into more detail who the fuck knows we're ever getting them because oh, yeah. it sounds like we're getting he's working on three projects and like they're working on what, a prequel or something of that well, nature. i mean who know like i heard today that two of the three prequels got canceled then i heard all three of the prequel or excuse me two of the spinoffs got canceled then i heard that all three spinoffs got canceled then i heard that none of them got canceled so who the fuck knows what's going on right now i mean i know hbo has taken a lot of heat for the way this ended 
But I mean, I started thinking and I'm like, you know, even if this is roughly the way the books would end, if he ever finishes them, like there's a lot of differences that's going to be happening just because of, you know, characters that are still alive or characters that we never even saw that are still alive and characters that like, okay, for example, Sansa, right? At the end of the last book that's been written so far, she is in the Eyrie with Littlefinger. Littlefinger just tossed her aunt out of the moon door. You know, so nobody knows she's Sansa yet. Everybody just thinks she was Littlefinger's niece still. Right. Okay, that's interesting. They can't do the Ramsay shit with her in the book because Littlefinger already married her maid off to Ramsay pretending it was Sansa. So all the shit that Sansa went through with Ramsay has already occurred in the books with her maid. That's who Theon rescues. Not Sansa. Brienne is nowhere near there because she's getting accosted by Lady Stoneheart who blames Brienne for Sansa and Arya never making it to her before the Red Wedding. That's where that has ended. Stannis has gone down to rescue Sansa slash her maid from Ramsay, but he gets caught in the, the snows like they did in the episode. Only Shireen and uh, the uh, the Red Priestess are up at the wall with John still, so there's no Shireen for him to sacrifice. There's no Brienne there to kill him. So who the hell knows what's going on with that? Mance Raider is still alive, and that was who John sent to rescue his sister from Ramsay. So he's been dispatched to rescue him. So, like, I'm just, there's so much extra shit that's going on that, like, I could see the big plot points, you know, like, okay, Danny becomes bad after Cersei loses. You know, like, they kill the Night King. Arya's the one who kills him. But, I mean, I could also see that part playing out after the shit at King's Landing is fucking finished up. Because, I mean, the big theme that Martin has in the books that they fucking lost in the series is. Not that it's the Game of Thrones is the be all end all. The Game of Thrones was to show that like humans are so stupid they'll ignore the fucking far reaching threat that's coming to exterminate all life in order to fucking worry about who's gonna sit on a throne. You know, that that was the point that he was making in the books. That was why only the first book was called The Game of Thrones and the whole overarching series was called The Song of Ice and Fire. Instead, you had Weiss and Benioff focusing on the politics and the fact that it was a Game of Thrones and really bringing that even more to the forefront than the books did. So I don't know. I mean, it'll be significantly different if he ever finishes it. But again, at the same time, we're going on nine years since the last one. I don't think he's going to... Even if he finishes book six, he might not ever get to finish book seven. I'm going to go conspiracy theory route right now and say that... George kind of uh, kind of screwed them over a little bit on the series because he was like, shit, people aren't going to read my books if they already know how the story goes. So let's just give them very tiny bits of information, maybe mislead a little bit, and then when my next book comes out, people are going to be like, holy shit, this is so much better than the show, and George is going to win the crowd back over because right now... The crowd's, you know, kind of pissy at George because he hasn't been doing what people wanted. So I, I think he sabotaged the mission, so to speak. And I could now just... he's so, he has like three books already written. 
I could just see him. Yeah, he's got the books already written, and he's just got like a an outliner and a fucking pen right now, and he's going through the manuscript like they didn't like this, they didn't like this, they like that, they didn't like this. <laughs> yeah, and like next year he's going like for the next like four like three years in a row he's just going to release the books, and everybody's going to love him because now he has all the fan input. He knows what to change. Like I th- I think this is it. I think that that's my conspiracy theory because I need one conspiracy theory to go out on. And that Everybody is- likes Bron. We're going to have a lot of Bron in book six and seven. Bron in brothels. Uh, he never... He always had a bad time. Alright. Let's hit up a few questions from the blog and then we'll probably wrap this shit up. Um, of course, we'll get final thoughts and shit. Um, I guess one of the f- questions I wanted to ask is um, question number three in the blog at nineduce.com slash blogs slash is uh, I wrote, given the six episode limit for whatever reasons, was this as good of a way to end it given what they left us with at the end of the previous episode? Also, now that we have hindsight, would you have preferred a normal 10 episode season? And I already know the answer to probably both of them, but especially the second part. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at season seven and season eight, that was really when people began to question the storytelling. If you had done the seven hours of cut content that we would have gotten, that would have fucking flushed out both seasons to the point that I don't think anybody would really have, have been able to complain. You know, like season, episode seven, excuse me, there were seven episodes last season, right? Yes. So episode six, the one where they went north of the wall to get the the white to bring it to show Cersei. And then, you know, like Danny was, they were, Gendry was able to run back and come back with Danny in you know, like 15 minutes compared to, you know, like the weeks that it probably should have taken, you know, like if they had taken, you know, like even one extra episode there to, to throw some shit in between, it would have fucking fixed a lot of the complaints. I mean, just like what we went over last week, like there are so many ways that they could have worked what happened between the Battle of Winterfell, getting down to the King's Landing, and then what happened in King's Landing to expand upon it, and again make it seem like Danny's face heel turn wasn't just like a flick of, flip of a switch, but you know had motivation and and grounding and really reinforce all the shit that happened before to show why she turned the way she did. Yeah, I think you know even even sixteen hours probably would have been much better than going with 13 for the last two seasons. Yeah. Seriously, all, all it's okay if we have illogical decisions every once in a while, but if we would have had the time, we would they could have elaborated what the thought process was. Like at this point they rushed us so much that we didn't even understand the thought process behind the Ill- illogical thoughts and that I think that's what was missing. We didn't have any of the the glue or substance to make everything make a little bit more sense and more palatable for us as fans. And you know, it, it, it's angering. It, it definitely pisses me off that they took what was uh, up to season six. Like, like once season six was finished, you could have definitely made an argument that Game of Thrones was the greatest TV series of all time. I don't think anybody's making that argument anymore. I don't, I don't know. What would you put up against it? Breaking Bad. I, see, I wasn't a big fan of Breaking Bad, so you know, 
I would, I mean, at this point still, going just by numbers alone, Game of Thrones is the number one show of all time. So Yeah, but numbers also said that Avatar was good. Well, I would say that Avengers Endgame was worth, you know, knocking it off of its throne, so. But, you know, be that as it may, um, yeah, I mean, think about think about like this, right? Like, George Martin, I don't know if you've read any of his books. He's a very details-oriented kind of guy. That's why, like, so many of his, uh, his, his plots and his twists and all that shit works because, you know, he foreshadowed it. You know, he showed you spots here and there where you could see that this shit was coming if you were able to put it all together. And if you didn't put it all together when you went back and reread it, you were like, oh, okay, yes, he fucking showed us that that, you know, little finger was a fucking piece of shit. And we just didn't pick up on it right away. You know, barring the fact that, you know, everybody could tell that little finger was a piece of shit. Um, so, you know, I was talking to my stepdad today and he was like, oh, yeah, I'd watch a fucking Aria sailing around the world series. I'm like, well, think about it, though. I mean, like, the whole reason early Game of Thrones was so good and the whole th- reason that, you know, these characters are such good characters was because George R.R. R. Martin wrote them. And when they were originally making the, you know, first five five and a half seasons worth of of stories you know they had his writing to draw off of i'm like now put the people behind you know season seven season eight in charge of you know if you send Arya somewhere where there's no world now you have to be in charge of not only world building but detail building and all that i don't think the writers could fucking handle it like if you go to a prequel the details are all in place george has already told us excuse me what happens all you have to do is, you know, flush it out. But if you're going something completely new in this world, good luck with that shit. A prequel is safe, but the prequel's safe, but it's also boring. I, honestly, I'd rather fast forward 200 years from where we are and see where where Westeros is at now, because you could make all kinds of references to past events from even before this show began and events from the show and events between this show and the next show. I'd much rather have that than a prequel. Well, I mean, the prequel that they're talking about is the original Aegon coming over from Illyria with the dragons and conquering the seven kingdoms. I think that would be that interesting. boring to me. I don't know. I'll watch it, but... Well, I mean, it, imagine, like, Atlantis still being around with dragons invading, you know, the primitive seven kingdoms. I don't know. To me, it's kind of like the intrigue is the same intrigue that we had for episodes uh, Star Wars Episode Three. We knew the outcome. We just need to see how it got there, and whatever anybody's opinion is, I'm just using that as an example. As we we know the outcome, the intrigue is how they get from point A to point B. And it's not that I wouldn't watch it. I'm just saying that a sequel 200 years in the future is far more fucking captivating because it requires a lot more original thinking. That That's where I'm at with that. And I'm also of the opinion that right now, if Walking Dead has a good two more seasons, I think they could possibly surpass Game of Thrones. It's entirely possible at this point based on how this last season of Game of Thrones was viewed. But it's going to take at least two, if not three, really good seasons. But I'm saying Walking Dead could be back in the game, if you will. I doubt it. I mean, like, everybody I know who watches Walking Dead has said 
Walking Dead has turned into Game of Thrones season six and seven since Walking Dead season four. So, yeah, people are idiots. I, the 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 reality, the truth of it is, is that season seven, season six and seven could have just been combined into one season. If you just do that, the rest of the series is pretty fucking spot on. It, it'd be fine. But because they took such a long time, they did the polar opposite of Game of Thrones. They didn't, they didn't rush anything. It killed the momentum. They're back on track, though, at the very fucking least. But they, like I said, they need two two more good seasons. They get two good seasons. They're right back in it. I, I, I fully believe that. But I'm a little biased. But not really. Like, I love both shows. So, I don't know if I'm really biased. Uh, to me, I I, th- I think it's genuinely a, an argument to be made. But I know a lot of people hopped off the game, the Walking Dead, you know, tr- bandwagon or whatever. So, history will not agree with me. And that's okay. Uh, moving on here. And... I already see your response, but um, I, I asked everybody to rank the four Starks and how happy you are with how their story ended. So, who got fourth place for you? Uh, I would say John, Arya, Bran. <laughs> there's there's only one first place in this group, and that's Sansa. Um. She was the only one that kind of made sense from where she was going from the previous seven seasons. The other three, John got fucked. Arya, I don't know, she was fucking going to go be Captain Jack Sparrow. And Bran, where they ended up with him, made no sense from anything that they did prior to this fucking season. In hindsight, would you have had aria possibly like get killed by the mountain which would have caused the hound to push him through the wall and kill him like i don't know i would have rather had that i've rather had aria die at the hands of the mountain than for this nonsense yeah or fucking burned to death by day and aries you know that would yeah, have fucking made a fucking another fucking notch for john to be conflicted over would would you have accepted if the ending for Arya had been her going back to where the place of no faces? I, I can't remember the fucking name anymore. Yeah, the uh, the temple of the faceless man or whatever over in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would have accepted that. I would have accepted her wanting to be in the small council. I would have accepted her starting a thieves guild and assassins guild. I would have accepted her, you know, saying, "Hey, I want to travel around the seven kingdoms." I would have accepted her being the master of whispers i would have accepted her killing you know fucking sansa i would have accepted her killing john i would have accepted her killing you know fuck just going crazy i would have accepted her dying i would have accepted her marrying gendry i would have accepted her going off alone nobody knows where because she just fucking disappeared i never would have thought pirate would have even remotely entered the equation for the fucking ninja girl yeah like I think Monday there was I was already getting the uh, door of the explorer meme sent to me and I was like, ah, oh, god damn it! It was completely deserved, but it still angered me. Um, what else? So, do you? 
I mean, obviously, we're never going to know anything more beyond this, but and we did touch on it. Is Brand talking out of his ass that he kind of knows where Drogon's going? Like, I, I just feel like Drogon just leaves, and we all assume that Brand can warg into Drogon and kind of see what's going on, and potentially Brand could have just had Drogon come back and be a protector. I don't know. All right, so here's here's what I'm thinking now. Maybe. When Drogon melted the Iron Throne, Bran was in Drogon, which is why he didn't bite John. And the iron from the Iron Throne has melted and formed a ramp up to the new throne that Bran is having built. So now he can just wheel his wheelchair straight up there without having to fucking get off. Is the throne made up of a thousand melted wheelchairs? I think it's made up of a thousand tears from Mira Reed because Bran didn't, you know, acknowledge the fact that she loved him. You know what's funny? Nobody ever once like mentions Rakan anymore. It's like I hope that he gets treated slightly better in the books because he was treated horribly in this and, TV you know what? series. Not, not only does nobody mention Rickon, nobody mentions Dickon either. <laughs> Poor Dickon. Poor Dickon. What whatever happened to um he was a member of the Night's Watch. He was a Stark. Uh, was his name Brandon? Like, uh, he became a white or whatever? Oh, the um, Benjen? Benjen, yes. Thank you. He, he saved John when the Night King killed the dragon and uh, Danny had to take off with everybody else. Remember, Did we see like what happened to him nope. beyond that? Nope. Never saw what happened to him beyond that. Again, another, you know, is... Benjamin Alive was a question that was asked for like fucking 12, 13 years, something, wait, longer than that, like 22 years, and they finally answered it, and then they never answered what happened afterwards. Wow, I just had the saddest panda face of all, so good, good stuff. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask the final question on the blog, because this seems like a really good question for us. In your opinion, who do you truly feel won the Game of Thrones? Yeah, I think I don't think anybody won. Everybody got fucked. I mean, I really think that the whole way to win the Game of Thrones is not to play. You know, to break the cycle, as it were. But, I mean, if we were going to have to say that guarantee that there was one winner, I would say it was probably the fucking viewers. Because like it or hate it, I mean, shit, when was the last time that we had event TV like this? You know, especially in a fantasy series. Yeah, I was going to say, Rick Grimes' final episode was pretty big. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, it was. It wasn't as big as this. But I'm yeah. saying that, it's probably like, aside from that, I don't recall the last time, like... <sighs> I mean, I remember, Honestly, I remember people when we were young talking about, you know, waiting to find out who killed JR. I remember people talking about watching the ending of MASH. You know, but even for for shit like Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy and, you know, what have you, I mean, we've become such a streaming slash, you know, watching it later kind of culture because we have access to that stuff now that they didn't have back in the day. But, I mean, yeah, seriously, like, what do we really have from we have Lord of the Rings and we have Game of Thrones basically in triple A fantasy? I mean, can you think of anything else that can be put up there? No, I'm not a huge fantasy guy, so 
my my knowledge, as usual, I usually say, Chris, tell me what's up because I'm <laughs> I, I'm just I'm ignorant in that particular subject. I, you know, I have no problem admitting that. That's I mean, not- I think a lot of it is because people assume that fantasy, you know, is a niche for nerds. But I mean, Game of Thrones went and proved that you know, as long as you write it well, people will fucking watch it. Uh, yeah, I think Game of Thrones and Lord Lord of the Rings. I mean, I know many people that would not consider the typical nerd that enjoyed the shit of it. I'm a nerd, and I wasn't fully on board with, say, Lord of the Rings. Like, it, you know, it is what it is. Like, I, it existed. I don't hate it. It's just that I can't memorize quotes. Like, pretty much all my friends could like fucking say these names and quotes, and I'm just like. Motherfucker! Like I can't even do that with Star Wars, though. In all fairness, <sighs> the force isn't strong in this one. His midichlorian count is too low. Yeah, but my fucking blood sugar is sky high, man. So that's got to count for something. Thug life. Maybe there's a correlation. Oh, huh? That would be interesting. Wonder if Leia just had like diabetes. We're going to now talk about diabetes. Oh, Wilfred Brimley. And then I'm going to sell you some oatmeal. I was just having a conversation, and this deals with Wilfred Brimley, and this is so off topic, but that's okay. Uh, I was talking about, you realize like how bad the John Carpenter's The Thing would be if you have added two to three females? Like, how much the dichotomy changes I was talking about this with two of my friends, and like we just started coming up with lines about the women talking about Wilford Brimley more than anything. Him, him, and Childs. It was just like there's a reason why the thing holds up so well. It was just because it was like a you know just dudes being dudes together, and as we saw from like the 2011 thing, like it was so much worse that that one was. Just saying, Wilford Brimley. I don't know. You, you you brought him up. I actually, uh, I came home the other day and Krista was watching a movie. It was The Firm. And I forgot about the part where Tom Cruise kicks the shit out of Wilfred Brimley in the basement after he shoots the, uh, the fucking uh, Tobin Bell. Wait, Tobin Bell was in The Firm? He played the uh, creepy uh, blonde albino guy who was uh, the one who killed Gary Busey. Okay, and in, in all fairness, I have not seen the firm since like the yeah. I forgot. I didn't. I didn't realize who it was until I just rewatched. It. I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm fucking is it still good? good? Yeah, I, I mean, liking it's, it. It's um, it's definitely aged. Like you can see some of like the uh, the nineties in it, but it hasn't. It's not as good or as timeless. I would say as like a time to kill is. Like, you watch that now, and, you know, it's still relevant. It's still a good movie, you know. But, um, yeah, no, it's still a good movie. I mean, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, looking at, like, how many files they do stuff with and, like, how old the computers are when they're trying to print shit off comparatively. I I think, I don't know, I, I almost feel like filmmakers decide, like, to do period pieces more often now so that... When people look back on it, they don't sit there and go, oh, this is horribly dated. I think it's almost a challenge to make a timeless movie that takes place in the present time. I think that's a challenge. You really have to, I think, avoid a lot of technology or a specific technology. You know, if you have a cell phone in there, yeah, just show the cell phone. No, don't fucking show, like, the apps on the cell phone or, you know, fucking... 
that kind of shit. Right. Don't show, you know, the GeoCities designed websites of the early 2000s type thing. Or, you know, if you're, if you're going to have somebody do some, like, computer hacking, don't have, like, Ferris Bueller, you know, showing them the screen that they're typing on, which, you know, makes it show that it's going to be in the 80s compared to, you know, if you just show the back of the fucking shit, you know, leaves the fucking imagination open. True, true. I mean, do CRT uh, monitors still exist? Uh, yeah, but they're getting phased out because they don't really make the parts for them anymore. Makes sense. I mean, it just makes sense. All right. I know we got off topic here. Uh, let's finish off the Game of Thrones thing here. Um, I will say this to anybody listening. We are going to be continuing doing things, uh, on a weekly basis for a while, um, a variety of different things in my head. I wanted to do some top five lists, like who was the most badass, who was the most villainous, who got screwed over the most blah, blah, blah. Chris also had some ideas and we're going to go with, with both ideas. We're going to run with it. And I don't know. I mean, by the end of the summer, I'm no, I'm sure we'll be out of steam, but you know, we're going to keep it up for a few weeks and have some fun with it, hopefully. So uh, I just want to recommend, you know, if you're interested, go to 9deuce.com slash blogs slash to keep up on that. Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, you and I both agree that despite the overwhelming negative negativity we've heard over the past, what, five days or four days, it wasn't as bad as it... I think people are overreacting slightly. Yeah, I mean, even even with my problems I had, I think this is basically, after episode five, the best ending that we could have hoped for. They didn't fuck it up. You know, there's a lot worse ways that it could have ended. You know, John could have been in a logging company up north after, you know, driving a boat into a hurricane. And, yeah, I just... There's lots of ways that they could have fucked it up. And they they didn't they didn't stick the landing, but they didn't you know uh, fuck it up, you know land on their ass. They landed on both their feet. They might have stumbled a little bit, but you know not enough that the judges knocked points from them. I think that's fair. Is it just me, or did Ghost look worse for wear this week than he did last week? Um. Well, I think I think it was basically about the same, but you know, like. When we saw him the last time, excuse me, <sighs> he was still like matted down and dirty, and you know they'd washed him, so now we could see how much of his ear was actually fucking missing. Yeah, that that was pretty, uh, pretty brutal. Okay, um, I don't know. Do you have any other final thoughts before we wrap this up? I think it's amazing that it was the last episode for John to fucking pet ghost, and <laughs> he fucking finally did. <laughs> That, you know, uh, that was a nice touch. I, I would have liked to have seen Nymeria show up out of the blue, but, I mean, it wouldn't have been any more random than, ha- you know, the middle part of the episode. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I have one thing to bring up. What did Ned fucking say to his kids? He said a lot of things, but I'm sure you have a particular quote. Yeah, in the winter, when the winter comes, the uh, the lone wolf dies and the pack survives. So what happens? All the fucking Stark kids go take off on their own fucking journey, and there's no more pack. So, I guess the fucking future is looking pretty bad for them. 
I mean, can you say that Ned was the wisest person, all things considering? Maybe you don't heed his advice because he wasn't a wise person? I think he wasn't that he was unwise. I mean, he was just married. You know, if you didn't if he didn't listen to his wife in those circumstances, you know, basically, I mean, the whole reason they got put in war was because of her. The whole reason he got arrested was because of her. The whole reason that he had to accelerate any of the kind of fucking timetable that he put in was because of her. So, I would say probably listen to your dad over your mom. I love everything that you just said. Except I only have my mom, so I gotta just listen to her. I mean, you know, not... (laughs) Everybody's gonna individually have a dad or a mom that they will choose to listen to, or neither, or both. But in the case of the Stark children, I think Caitlin just made rash brash decisions that eventually cost her and her children their life and her husband as well. You know, was she as horrible a character in the book as she was on the show? Because I thought she was horrible in the show. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, she's okay. still around, so she's fucking killing people as like the undead fucking zombie version of herself. And she's not like a white, but she's a, is she, she, is she like a zombie mountain or is she a whole other? She got raised like Beric and John did by, by, she got raised by Thoros. They found her body, but she had been dead for so long before they raised her that like when she came back into her body, you know, her soul came back. She was already desiccated and dried out and looked, you know, decayed. Yeah. That, that's, that's something I'm doing this summer. I am reading the fucking books. I, I I don't have anything else really going on other than some horror movie shit that we're going to do. Uh, and I have Fear of the Walking Dead. And then Stranger Things comes back in July 4th. And I'm not even sure. I'll probably still do a blog on that. And I don't think I'm doing Orange is the New Black this year. A lot of people lost interest over the past two years for very obvious reasons that I do not want to get into. But, yeah, I'll have a lot of free time. So I think that'd be a good good use of my time, reading those books. Uh, Anything else you want to tackle? Because this is most likely our last Game of Thrones podcast, which kind of saddens me. Yeah, I mean, this is what got us started, and shit, unless they fucking do do some prequels, this is it. So, thank you, Westeros. Thank you, Targaryens and Starks and Lannisters and Baratheons and all you other fucking families out there that made me smile and scratch my head and scratch my ass and read fanfics all over the place. I appreciate the enjoyment you gave me for the last 10 years the fact that my wife got into it too so hopefully maybe eventually i'll get her reading one day and reading is fundamental yeah uh did did we ever find out what bronze last name was i guess it's Highgarden now but it didn't used to be okay fair enough i was kind of curious about that um yeah i mean i was Super happy that the show happened. Obviously, I, I admit I didn't watch the first season. I watched that when my buddy, another friend named Chris, uh, loaned me the DVD or Blu-ray set, and I was hooked. And I'm upset myself for not having done blogs and podcasts sooner. But I'm happy that we at least got to do this. I'm happy that we had six 
relatively big episodes to talk about. It's been a lot of fun. I'm hoping we can find some other things to possibly do. I, I was thinking about Chernobyl, but that's already gotten started, so I feel like are already behind on that. But hopefully Chris and I can find something else to possibly come back to. And we'll keep doing our, our monthly horror uh, podcast. And I don't know, if anybody's listening and actually has ideas or suggestions, uh, just write to me. Like, email me, kent at com, or leave a freaking comment at com. There's so many ways to contact me. Like, let us know if there's something you would like us to do, because I have no life, and I can usually coerce Chris to do something for like an hour and a half once a week. Usually. So, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> So, yeah, please please contact us. Let us know what uh, interests you, what you'd like us to do. So, uh, with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we will be back, I don't know, we'll be back in June with the next episode of Kenter at Your Own Risk. Yes, I believe this one was, we we're going to be discussing top, top 10 uh, horror IPs ready for a reboot. And I yeah. believe we are going to be discussing Mirrors, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, uh, Lights Out, and I don't know. Did you ever, mystery fourth movie that I haven't gone back to. We will, the we will remember that one eventually. Hopefully by the time we actually do the podcast. <laughs> yep. I swear I won't be la- lazy. I swear. So we'll be back. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Have a great day, night, morning, wherever the hell it is.